1: Hi people, welcome to the No Bullshit Guide to Life with me, your host, Bangs, in London.
0: And me, your host, Lamaro, all the way from New York. What's up? What's happening?
1: What's good? What's going on with (sighs)
0: you? I'm alright. I'm not too bad. Surviving, thriving, trying to do better, trying to do more. Enjoying the days in the sunshine. I'm good, Bangs. I think since last week to now, it's been not bad. And that's Mm. all I can hope for. How are you?
1: Same thing. It's just not bad. Just you know, strolling, striving, strolling, yeah, strolling, striving, trying to progress. It's just all we can do as a people. You know what I mean? That's
0: all we can do. It's interesting. So, oh yeah, literally, the Friday just gone marks six months I've been in New York.
1: Damn,
0: homie. Damn right. Damn, Daniel. Um, but, and I've been thinking about what my time has been here so far and what I want the next six months to be. So I think the, the word of the day is, is striving. It's definitely striving. Continue to reach for things that you want. I think we're nearly in June, right? So I don't know how people are with new year's resolution, new year's resolutions and halfway check-ins, but have a little word of yourself coming up about what's the half of your year been so far? And how are you gonna boss the next six months? Just saying. Just saying. That's on my
1: mind. And also, six months has gone really quickly. Too quick, fam. What the hell? I don't even understand wow. how we got here. What have we missed? I feel like did February and March even happen? I don't think so. I would like to no, know.
0: I don't think it did. I don't think it did. Or well, I feel like I woke up and someone had just adjusted time, sir. So mm. And it of just forward a month. But we're here. We're here. Here we go. Indeed. True that. My cup of tea to that. Anyway, if you don't know by now, we do a section called, called bullshit. We call good shit. We like to balance out the shit in the world. But I'm starting with the bullshit because I don't know how I've waited this long to not bring this up. But I was at a conference on Tuesday. Nice, great conference. Loads of fric- information. Uh, running all over the place. And I'm trying to, you know, do me. Like, take notes. Take mm-hmm. pictures of screenshots. Absorb. Innocent, absorb absorb this is a five six hundred dollar ticket for this conference which man didn't pay for so I need to be yeah i need to be present do you know what doesn't make me be present bangs tell when motherfuckers are talking through the whole presentation
1: these motherfuckers right here
0: listen listen i'm clapping the hands kevin hart style i'm trying my best to like And it's because their table was right next to mine. Listen, if you're gonna come here and chat to your brethren, long for man, don't do that. Other people are trying to to flip in. Listen, every, every slide that turned, there was a comment. Every slide that turned, there was a chuckle. Every slide that turned, there was a passing of a mobile to another. Now, who am I? I don't know what company you're running. I don't really care to know what company you're running, to be quite honest, because I'm pretty sure all the shit you were saying it was nothing to do with that really important email you have to reply back and get that product order and, and make sure China's on the right delivery date. Fuck that, that wasn't about it. you were just chatting to, to your brethren and disturbing me throughout this whole presentation of the whole day. And you know what? It's not even that it's a personal grievance. You know what it is? That's fucking rude. That's rude. It's just that rude. shows you yeah. have no respect for the person speaking. The guest speakers, and definitely not the people around you, because you feel like your conversation is more uh, important than someone else's. I also have a pet peeve when people are giving a presentation, and sometimes you're on your phone. Mm-hmm. I get it; we're in a working environment. You might need to send an email, but if I actually see you pre something, like you're not you're not really taking um, any much attention. But I call bullshit in that because that's just look. I, I know like a couple of my friends will listen to me like, ah, oh, Lamara, come on now, you talk through everything. I used to be a kid that talked through the cinema. Can't do it anymore. You know what? It's fucking annoying. It's really annoying.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. That's really annoying. Don't do that. Don't do them things. So don't... If someone's giving a presentation, no matter how shit the presentation is, be polite and listen. Be polite and listen. I call huge amounts of bullshit on that. Because, you know, it just... I turned into my mother and I started huffing and puffing like I was a 50-year-old West Indian woman and I can't do it. I was like... (sighs) Not my data. You know, all of these things started happening. So <laughs> I...
1: <laughs> now, let me ask you this, though. Are you the kind of... Would you say something to people who are making up a lot of noise and chatting and stuff?
0: This environment, no. Okay. See, I would. This environment, no. There's been others where I've been like, do you mind? Man's trying to listen, you
1: right. know?
0: Um I found to be totally honest, I had a bit of the oh these people are above my pay grade nerves. So oh, I got you. Okay, okay. <laughs> Let yeah. me not say anything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it it depends. It depends what type of situation we're in, you know. Um, yeah. But either I way, bullshit.
1: I agree with you. It's complete bullshit. <laughs> it's as you said. It's really rude to like respect the fact that the person who's giving the presentation has put a lot of time and effort into that, and it's really it's nerve wracking enough as it is as a presenter to be doing your thing. And then you see someone who's clearly not engaged. It just makes you feel shit when you see someone who's yeah. clearly not engaged in your thing, who's talking all the way through it. It's just, oh, it's rude. It's rude on so many levels. Yeah, I agree mm. with you on that bullshit. Thank you.
0: Uh, it's all right. Over to you. What do you call bullshit
1: on this week, babe? I oh, guess shit. kind of on a similar note. I call bullshit on people who will not put their phones down.
0: Mm. Um, specifically
1: in the street, like when you're walking down the street. Can you just look up from your phone, please, and just look where you're going Um, and stop running into people like because your head is buried in your phone. Um, Newsflash, you're not that important. Um, Whatever it is you're looking at can wait until you get to the destination that you need to be at or if you absolutely, and listen, I call bullshit on myself too, I understand, like, you know, I do it occasionally too, and I re- like, when I'm doing it, I'm like, oh, this is the total asshole manoeuvre, like, mm-hmm. so what I have started to do is actually take myself to the side of the pavement, okay. stop, I will stop, like, literally, as if you're in a car, pull over to the side pull of the pavement, pull
0: over to the side of the road,
1: send my texts, yeah. put my phone away be on my way and I look up and I look around and I occasionally make eye contact people sometimes I smile at them but I am engaging with the world around me like I'm yeah. so concerned about how we're going to evolve as a species when I like we're literally just we're actually just going to turn back into apes because on, on our lips. heads are just down all the time so I think just look my up.
0: pet peeve with that is I, I agree with you do you know what it really pisses me off when you're on the stairs Ugh. You know, because like I clock it, it's like, it's like the most recognisable action now. Someone's going up the stairs and they're walking, and then their their foot starts to slow, yeah, and plod, and they, and I'm behind you and I'm like, are you? Do you have a uh, medical problem? Are your legs okay? You're on your fucking foot. Move out the ratted way. I ain't got time for you. That's the worst. Blocking the rascal way. I said it. That's it. That's, that's the it. most annoying thing. Like, why are you walking up the stairs slowly? Why are you in front of me? Then you decide to do a stop, a sharp abrupt and then I'm all up in your behind. Like, what are you doing?
1: Just enough already. And it's not... Whatever you're doing is not that important. You do not have to be looking at your phone every two minutes. And I think that's the challenge. Like, with these, our phones are just an extension of us now. And yeah. it's like any Hard. downtime Hard. moment that you have, like... You do all the time. You know, you see people going, standing in a queue, and instead of just standing there, phone comes out straight away.
0: I do it. I
1: do it. We're all guilty of it. But my main thing is just when you're walking down the street, listen, London is a very relatively small city with a shit ton of people in it. Space is at a premium. Do you know what I mean? So stop Mm. taking the space up with your slow self. Like, people have got places to go and things to do. And, you know, if it's really that important... Things are going to move a lot quicker for you. Just pull over to the side of the pavement, send your text or read your text or check that map or do whatever you need to do and then just get on your way. Another thing, like to take it even further, I've seen this happen a few times. Some chick the other day came out of the tube still reading her book. I wanted to be like, where are you going, (laughs) boo-boo? What are we doing here? Put Harry Potter the fuck away for a second, get to destination and then pull it back out again. Like, stop it. Don't be ridiculous. You are not going to walk down Brixton High Road with your face in a book, babes. You're not going to do it. Not today and not on my watch. I've just, you know, I can't. I really can't. Do you know what I mean? Like people are busy. Just don't be a dick. That's really all, that like, that's just good life advice. Just don't be a dick. That right there, trying to read a book while walking down the street, full on, full on dickhead manoeuvre. Like, checking your phone constantly, every hour that God sends, are you a doctor on call? No, you're not. Your life's not that important. You're a fucking barista at Starbucks, babes. Like, ain't nobody trying to get in touch with you that urgently. Like, no shade to baristas, but, you know. No shade! Just perspective, please. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not that serious just put your phone down please just look where you're going walk from a to b without looking at your phone whew, i'm sorry I, that got my blood pressure just went up a little i <laughs> my blood blood pressure is high right now but right, i'm just you're actually made whew, in the face it's i know okay uh, personal challenges
0: personal challenge accepted for the week please
1: just i'm gonna no. put
0: my phone down i'll th- I tell you something i do do though um, half an hour before I go to bed, half an hour in the morning is not looking at phone time.
1: That's very because good
0: because I feel like your brain should be able to wind down naturally enough. Of course, and then the first thing in the morning you want to start your day with. It's in. It's like for me as well. Like time zone, it like people are awake when I'm asleep and vice versa. Yeah. So I I know I have that. It should be like, oh, who's awake? Who sent me a good morning message? Of course. But just it's be nicer to your brain. Like if you could do that half an hour in the morning and half an hour at night, don't touch your phone.
1: For sure. Do you know what I did this week? I did it on Friday. I, yeah, tell me. I left my phone at home and I went for a walk and I went to a cafe and I always have pen and paper on me always and forever because handwriting. That's why. Um, and so I wrote my grandmother a letter while I sat in this cafe, had myself hot chocolate and just kind of chilled for a bit and then moseyed on home at my own leisurely pace without, obviously without my phone. So I wasn't constantly distracted and picking up and checking Twitter and checking Instagram and checking everything else. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so it was kind of, it was like a little challenge for myself actually to see if I could mm. do that. And I'm not going to lie. I was a little bit anxious without having my phone on me. You know what I mean? It was quite interesting for me to just let myself feel that but then it was also really nice to just be writing uninterrupted yeah like no screens no nothing just be able to just like and you know it's not like I was writing anything super important just a letter to my grandmother like just nice to be able to just do that hand I love writing by hand it's one of my favorite things to do and so that was just you know and it was maybe an hour out of my day that was actually really necessary for me I think I
0: totally, like, especially for writers, like, I'm trying to be better at writing. And I heard some great advice this week. A lot of people say, you know, um, wake up in the morning, just write three pages of unfiltered thought, do that. Someone was like, go to a cafe with your laptop. Don't turn on the Wi-Fi. Yeah. Don't do it. Don't distract yourself any more than you need to do. Sit and write, sit and write. Try and filter out all the things that you'll jump into for like safety or a little break or just like a little bit of recluse yeah. um and I think yeah even though just for writing it can be applied to a lot of things now don't get me wrong like man could be having some slow days at work and all I want to do is scroll through Instagram but then just think of your overall productivity productivity sorry <laughs> English actually is my first language but um your overall productivity and your brain and times where you should be enjoying things and being present mm. um, yeah. Yeah. cosine cosign.
1: But yeah. let's flip it. Let's yeah. flip it. What
0: are you calling good shit? Um, I'm calling good shit on someone who does uh, something for nothing. It came through an interaction this week where a mate of mine needed some advice um, and I connected them with someone else who could give some advice. And it was just a really genuine, positive uh, reciprocal learning and listening kind of experience. And, you know, people are like, oh, why are you so poetic? Like, it was just a conversation. But I really respected and loved that person for taking time after work out of their day for a couple hours to meet with a mate of mine. I was just like, yo, look, like, do you mind? Like, I know you know this. Would you be opposed to it? And they were like, no, of course. And it was a really fruitful and beneficial conversation. And I think that goes or taps into, like, a lot of the things I think about, People who give you their time sparingly and ask for nothing in return, and how precious that is um if someone does know something more than you or you want the access to that information again people who give you their time who are not who do not who are not afraid or charge you to share now it's interesting because it rests on the balance of like if you have good ideas and if you give great advice, you should monetize your time and your skills, but when it's something that is just platonic when it's something where you know unexpected collaboration can come from the most unlikeliest of conversations. Like, I'm really grateful for people who do something for nothing. Now, it could always get to the point where it's like, I'm giving you too much for nothing. Then I don't care, put an invoice on it. We do need to learn to monetize our skills to a certain extent. But something as just chill and calm and two bunnies of mine rapping over something which I have no knowledge of and this other person does, I loved, and I was really appreciative of that fact. So I think, yeah, like, not... And it's also, like, you don't have to do something for recognition all the time as well. Something that I'm learning, like, oh, shit, I totally forgot the article. And I'll, I'll, I'll tweet it out, guys. But something of, like, why do you want praise? Like, why do you want to be congratulated for what you should be doing? Or there's nothing about what you're doing, especially it's just a natural part of what you're doing. So people who do things for nothing, actually, like there's a there's a greater reward in just saying it's okay, and, of course, I'd like to, rather than expecting, you know, a, maybe a, a good hefty pat on the back or, or, or something else out of it. So that's what I call good shit. And there more people of that because we need to be, you know, to a certain extent, sharing more ideas more, man, like, or just sharing knowledge, breaking down that barrier. If there's someone out there who, and I've always, always said this, if I need to know something, like, and there's someone out there who knows, there's someone out there who knows, and there's someone out there who, I don't really, like, want to take your secret sauce, but I do want to have that conversation with you of, like, how, yeah. to a certain extent. Yeah. So be more open to those conversations. That's my good shit.
1: What know. about yours? This week I was listening to a podcast called Distraction Pieces, which is hosted by a guy called Scroobius Pip. Um, Sorry, what's his name? Scroobius Pip. That's <laughs> As right. you do? Mm-hmm. Okay. A really good podcast. If you don't already listen to it, I definitely recommend it. Um, but I was listening to an episode from a couple of weeks back where he interviewed an actor called Ed Scrine. I always thought his name was pronounced Ed Screen, and it isn't. It's Ed Skrine. Um <laughs> Anyway, if you're not familiar with who he is... He's a London-born actor who was one of the leads in Ill Manners, if you remember that movie from a few years ago. Um, And he's more recently been in Game of Thrones, Deadpool, like a bunch of Hollywood shit. So I've actually met Ed Skrine before. Really super nice dude. The interview was just really interesting, mainly because he's just like a London geezer done good, you know? And he's kind of surprised and humbled by his own success mm. and it was just a really nice interview to listen to because he was just I mean Scrooby Pip's a really good interviewer anyway but they were just both kind of vibing off like bruv can you believe that this is happening nah bruv I can't believe it you know they were just it was really a really sweet kind of exchange between two guys um and one of the points that really stuck with me was this was um, recorded. This interview was recorded, uh, I think, a week or so before um, Ed was due to go to um, the MTV Movie Awards or some big award show. And Ed was relaying a story about he'd had a conversation with his friend a couple of days beforehand. And his friend was like, bro, can you believe this, that you're like going to the MTV Movie Awards? And he was nominated for an award in a category with like, Samuel L. Jackson, Tom Hardy, and some like mm. freaking heavy hitters, right? Mm. Um, and his friend was like, can you believe that this is happening? Like, unbelievable. And Ed's kind of like, no, bruv, like, you know, I'm just a dude from North London. Like, I can't believe it. And then he was like, but at the same time, why the fuck not? Why shouldn't it be mm. me? And I just thought that's really freaking powerful. And I, yeah. as I was listening to it, I kind of was thinking about two young men who I used to mentor from North London and Ed's from North London. And I thought, man, I need to tell them to listen to this interview because, and I just think any young person and any creative should listen to it because it just speaks to the power of like freaking grafting. Like ill manners was Ed's first kind of big breakout Mm. role. And I want to say that was maybe 2012 that that movie came out, I think. Mm. And not, but four years later, my man's in like big hollywood shit. You know what I mean? Mm. Like it just speaks to the power of believing in yourself and putting the work in and and understanding and not being um shy about the fact that there absolutely is a place and time for you and you have yes. to make yes. that happen for yourself. It was just a really a just a really nice interview to listen to. A really good conversation between two guys but also really inspirational because he is just such a down-to-earth dude who's just kind of just doing his thing and just freaking getting on with it also you know kind of not he's not in it for the hoo-ha he's he says right. in the interview, like, yeah, the awards and that are nice and stuff, but I really like the work. I really like yeah. the work of acting and going yeah. to set every day and do my thing, you know? like, So it's really nice to kind of hear that message as well, where it's like, he could have really given a shit about the MTV movie, movie Awards. He was like, yeah, yeah, and I mean, lovely, but... You know, on the other hand, I've just had this audition for this really great role and I'm probably not even going to get it because I was so hyped going into it. You know, it's just like because he's, he's all a, about the craft and the a, art. Exactly. You know, so it was just yeah, that was my good shit this week. It kind of it gave me a real boost on a week where I've kind of been a bit like about a lot mm. of stuff, you know, so it kind of really did uplift me a lot. So, yes, that's my good shit. I recommend you all go and listen to that. Um, so what are we are talking about? Should I intro this? Yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: Like, go, go through, go through.
1: Okay, so this week we are talking about non-motherhood or uh, the child-free life as opposed to the childless less life. Um, so something dear and close to my heart. There's been quite a few articles about this recently that I've seen floating around the old interwebs. And I think it especially, it becomes more and more prominent. Um, for you as a woman um, i would say probably from the time you're about mid-20s onwards when everybody starts with the questions of like oh so when you're having kids when you're having kids are you going to settle down <laughs> you kids? so you know we're all expected to fall in line and have answers to that question but there are more and more women who are <laughs> for want of a better term coming out and saying yeah oh. that's that's not really for me i'm not really into the whole kid thing that's not I've me got- And I don't want to do it. Yeah, hashtag Skepta. So I thought we'd just talk about that this week because uh, I am one of said women who am basically like, eh, yeah, it's not for me and I'm all right with it. I'm very lucky in that I have a family who do not pressure me at all, who totally understand and support my own decisions. Um, I'm sure probably my parents have thought about being grandparents and all of that at some point. Um, I'm sure they would probably like that. But at the same time, I think they would prefer that I was happy with my life choices over that, you know. So I don't have any kind of familial pressure at all to settle mm. down and have kids. Nothing like that. So I'm very lucky in that sense. I understand that that is not the reality for for many women who go through this uh-huh. kind of thing. I am always interested in hearing other women's um, choices when it comes to um or reasoning i should say when it comes to right. um being child free um because obviously that's a lifestyle that i'm living and that i intend to continue living and frankly it's strength in numbers at this point do you know what i'm saying like you're surrounded by women like <laughs> you've got women getting pregnant every day all your friends are getting pregnant right. every day and they're just like oh you're like oh another one bites the dust
0: i was literally talking to a mate about this yesterday and another mate in london of the, what is this natural progression now? Like, it's, oh, I'm going to get engaged. Oh, I'm now married. Oh, now I've got a baby. And, like, the pressures I think we're feeling and kind of hearing from our elders, our parents or other people in our family of just, like, literally trying to own and put a, a, a time or detonator on your uterus and, and, and your index finger and both of those things are fucking wrong. I think there's a certain, like a few of my mates have kids and whatnot. And I praise them for it because it's not even that they were destined to be parents, but that's the lot that's fallen to them and they're in it and they're trying to do the best that they can and be young people themselves and raise a young child i salute you but there's something when it becomes a pressure um not so much a societal pressure but a pressure from your family of like you your clock is ticking like i've had those conversations come at me like your clock is ticking like when can i expect a grandchild or when are these things gonna happen so whose
1: clock is ticking though that's like that's the parents ticking. like mine ain't ticking exactly
0: exactly like what is this standard of time that you're putting on me that I'm not really putting on myself to try and understand, like, where in my life will this fall fall into place? Because like, I always say this as well, like, um, I was born broke and I was born late and I'm very consistent in those two things in my life so far. So when I think, and I'm a person that, you know, I would eventually like to have um, children, my reasons for that are mainly one of legacy. And I've always thought about it in this way with, and I hope that doesn't come off as selfish. Don't at me, but like, who's going to be someone under me and who can I have to like, you know, I don't know, carry on the family name in that sense. I've always thought of it in that sense, as well as all the things like having two great parents like myself, I want to share shit with them. Like I want that experience. Um, But also like realizing that, where that came from my parents versus where it's coming from me in my life now I'm like if I'm behind this time I'm like a couple of years behind time because my shit isn't together I haven't lived my life full enough yet to know that I can be trusted with a mini human 24/7 hours in the day I have nieces and nephews who I love but I also love giving them back to their parents mm. once like they've snotted on my jumper a bit too much or we have thrown a tantrum, or you're bored of me and you don't want to do anything else except watch TV. Like, we're good. I think there's more and more pressure coming without actually understanding the facts of, like, we are in graduate debt up to our eyeballs. Some of us are still living with our parents. We're still figuring out what we want from the world professionally and personally, and we haven't yet lived enough, enough, sorry, to be able to then take stock and be like, you know what? It's not about me anymore. It's about the person I want to bring into this world. Um, that's where, I mean, that's like a lot of jumbled thoughts, isn't it? But I do, I really do, like a lot of my friends talk about like how their parents are like, they want them to have kids. What do you mean? like, would you mean you want me to have a child? What does that mean?
1: I really think it's out of order when parents are putting that pressure on their kids to have kids. Because, you know, unless you are actually as the... Grandparent going to look after these kids, then right. you really don't get any kind of say. But in terms of the biological clock ticking, which is the argument that you hear most, yes, yes. Um, mine surely isn't, and I'm 35. I've never heard a, t- heard a tick in my life. Like right. it has not happened for me. And I think this is something that society kind of just needs to get over. Not mm. all of us are wired that same way. True. Motherhood. Very true. Motherhood is not the end game for every woman. We do not all want the same thing. That's what knocks me off the most when these conversations come up is the automatic assumption that this is what I should want as a woman. Mm. Um, and it isn't. I feel like I have many other things that I want to do with my life that would probably be more beneficial to myself and the world. I also do not feel as though I'm lacking anything or missing anything which is another argument that is constantly hurled at you. Um, oh well, don't you feel like you'll regret it? How can I regret something that's never happened? <laughs> I don't. That's not an argument to me at all. So no, I'd, and and if I do, like, oh well, people regret many things in life, innit?
0: It's you know? true. It's true. And I think that those type of arguments, and it's like it's not throwing, like, of course, everything we say it's not throwing shade on people who like for for their life, which is which is opposite. But like I said, I refer back to like you always saying it's selfless. Like Because someone else wants you to do it doesn't mean you should do it for the sake of doing it. Like, oh, what if you regret it? No, I've actually been living my life quite fine. Yeah. And I think, again, it goes back a lot to pigeonholing um, or pigeonholing and labelling women as only just being mothers. Now, last week we touched on it a little bit, which led to this conversation more broadly of the many faces of role models the many faces of people who can offer you great advice and be there for you in your life and support you that are not your mother and don't have children to understand what you're going through. It's that link, I think, which is really important as well. You know, talk about like, and it's probably going back on myself of like having a child to impart knowledge on them. That's not the only, that maternal paternal link is not the only way you can get through to a person. It's not The qualifier. And it's Um, really
1: important that children have adults that they can look up to that are not parents. That's actually, it's a really important thing. And I think just, you know, not everybody is made to be a parent. I've never felt that motherly urge at all, personally. But of course, I've thought about it. And... For me, I just think, Jesus Christ, there's so much other stuff I want to do in my life. And I don't... I haven't even scraped the surface of shit that I want to know and do. Not to right. say that having a kid impedes you no, it from doing that, that, that. but it but also, I think, but also, let's be real, it does. Yeah, it does impede about you about from you. doing... It. It's exactly. not about you.
0: It's not about you. And I think it's something like... I believe that anyone can have a child. Not everyone can be a parent.
1: No, you but, know? and this is one of the things that I... I look at some people and I think, man, you give yourself a lot of credit to think that you have enough wisdom to impart to some kid. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I just I think that some people don't actually understand the magnitude of the decision a lot of the times, mm. you know. And then they just find themselves in parenthood. I read a really interesting <laughs> side article. note.
0: Sorry, sorry to cut you off. Side note: a lot of people just don't practice safe sex. That's just my two pence throwing it in there.
1: That's also that. very
0: important. Very- and But go back to your article, because uh, yeah, sorry.
1: Yeah, there was an um, article this week that I read about um, women who regret becoming mothers, and it was like some of the realest shit that I've ever written, ever read, um, and super honest. And I think there are probably way more women out there who feel that, who just who can't say it because. And this is another reason uh, for me that goes in the con list when I look at pros and cons of becoming a parent. I um, this list
0: exists somewhere.
1: I would say, and I've had this conversation with my parents quite a few times, I've said to them, I think if I was of childbearing age, and also alive, um, in the 70s... Maybe it would have been different for me. I think I may have felt, may have felt more like I wanted to be a mother because it was a simpler time. And I look at like when I look at old family photos of you know my family when my, myself and my brother were younger and our family unit, we freaking had a fucking wicked time and I loved it. And my parents were mad cool and still are. And um, we we had Close a time. great we had a great time and it was uncomplicated. And I look at parenthood now and I think nah fam drop me out (laughs) no like listen you can fucking keep your mummy blogs and your all of this like (laughs) having to document every single waking hour of your child's life for the world to see and all like uh, for me it's not appealing at all I I, actually modern motherhood actually drives me a little crazy I really can't bear it to be quite honest with you
0: really so when I was chatting to my mate last night of like oh, Jesus, like, okay, we did the whole thing. Where are we right now in our lives? We're 27, we're 28, respectively. Like, thinking of... And I'm for having a short-term, long-term plan for your life. I think for me it's important in terms of the things I want to achieve um, and just making sure that there, there is a path to something, knowing that it could go left, it could go right any turn, but there's a path to something. And then we threw kids in the mix, and she was like... I really want to have kids in the next two years and I was like not for me why I was like time as in what time in your life I was like no it being 2016 and then we started talking about our parents who similar uh backgrounds like my parents are working to just about middle class um in in their respects and how it was for them pre-1988 when I was born and my mum already having two kids and my dad having a kid already, and like just the level number one of familial support that they had. My grandparents both lived in in London at the time, right? And then it being a simpler, cheaper, perhaps less problematic time, it still being hard um, to a certain extent, you know, of how they try to deal with their newfound parenthood it, or on their own for some time and then and then together and just. The complexities of that but there was something about the fact that it was possible and what you spoke about was like because I said I don't have any money like and I don't think that's all you can offer a child but look man there's no loan for buying your kid there's no (laughs) there's no loan for buying your kid's pampers right Mm -hmm. you can't take out a small loan for that and I I know that in the event of me thinking about having children I do want to be more financially stable and Less selfish with my time to give that to to someone else, but we were talking about just like they didn't have money, but they survived. I was like, yeah, but where were they living? So was your your parents were living in their parents' house in one room, and then they had that option as childcare, and then like food was a lot freaking cheaper, and all of these things. There's something about the time. So when you say like in the 1970s, probably would have ticked your box, and you would have done it. Like that probably it was better. For them to raise me back then than it is now. Like my right. sister's eleven. No shit. She's 12 years old. She's 12 years old. She's just turned 12. And I said to my dad, like, is you raising a teenager in 2016? Mm. And he does, he shakes his head, it was like it was so much simpler when you guys when you guys were growing up. Because the world she's entering in and what she's having to like social media, All number, of that. One.
1: Mind field. number one. Mindfish. Number one. mind field.
0: Like I had to tell my dad, like, yo, she's a 12-year-old with an Instagram profile. My dad's like, what the fuck is Instagram? Like, does she need this? No, dad, dad, she doesn't need this. So there's complexities, which, you know what? Like, people might throw it back at us. Like, it's always going to be like that. There's always going to be a hardship. But I do think there was a bit more simplicity back then when we weren't fighting so much when people could just, like, you can survive on that fucking dollar. Mm. And I've seen my mum make it work. But now,
1: also, that money don't stretch far. I think it's more, for me, when I look at it, I think it's more just the case of, you know, people had kids back then and just fucking got on with it. Yes.
0: People do that.
1: not do that now. No, no, no. no Ooh, how so? No, no. Well, you know, we've got to have the constant updates about it all the time. Like, everybody who has a child now is the first person to ever have had a child. I don't know if you are aware of this. <laughs> Um, every child is Jesus and (laughs) (laughs) enough already we get it like listen and I know that seems like a horribly cruel thing for me to say. And, and I was fully... No, there
0: was course, no...
1: But th- but but that's... Uh, your child's face
0: was everywhere. But that,
1: yeah, exactly. And to me, that that is beautiful. Like, back in the 70s, early 80s, when it was just like, you know what? You take a picture, you go and get it developed, you put it in an album, it I stays love. there, you pull it out 20 years later, bing, bang, boom, that's we're done. We Good, there's your childhood. Yeah, yeah. Um, but now, I just... I just... I can't... I can't bear it where um there's a smugness that goes along with parenthood modern parenthood now that i find a little bit um it grates me it grates me i feel like parents um of my mother and father's generation just got the fuck on with it they had their kids they got on with it i'm sure it was hard obviously parenting is hard it's a big freaking deal to raise a life that's huge um and it wasn't any bigger then than it is now, you know. Um, mm. But they just got on with it. But now, um, I just, you know, sometimes I want to kind of be like, you're a mother, not a martyr. You know what I'm saying? Like, repeat that. You're a mother, not a martyr. Okay. So you made a choice, and yes. you know, now you raise that choice. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just get on with raising it. Just do it. Um, you know, Just you don't need to constantly reference, like, how much easier non-parents have it. Um, and I'll touch on that in a second. Um, you don't need to constantly reference that. You've made a choice. Just raise your choice, it. Just live your life um, and do your best. Like, I get it. Social media exists now. We're all in it. We're all involved in it. It's part mm. of our everyday life. I get that it's a, it's a catch-22. Like, And, of course, I can imagine as a new parent, your whole life has changed. Your whole world has been turned upside down. And I i can fully, fully get how having this tiny little human in your life, every time they blink, it's freaking amazing. I get that. You don't need to document every single one of those blinks, though. You're done.
0: <laughs> well, if you're documenting, you don't need to share. You don't I need to share. You I've can document really it for yourself, like, but don't I, share like, it. My, my brother takes this approach. Um, it's my child, not the world's child. Amen. Like, and he is a stickler for not... Well, not even using social media in general, but definitely nothing with the image of his kids on it.
1: Now, I have like, friends who are in either camp. I have friends who literally every single way yeah. of their child, they document it fine. And I have Shit, friends I like,
0: who... I like that. Your child is cute. Lovely. Then, adorable. So it's like... I, my, my thought with it as well it's just like and it goes back to being present and it goes back to like mm. what our bullshits were this morning of like if you're having to oh my god they're just yawning snap and then put the phone down just watch them fucking yawn exactly like, let's just let's stop just stop viewing that.
1: life through a lens it's, just right ab- but then absorb also the there's, moment
0: there's that moment of you can document for yourself and like you said like photo albums and i've got tons and reams of them, and my grandparents had loads, us growing up as kids. But it's you don't have to hit share on it. No. And this, you know, I don't know, we might be going into a whole other conversation, but it's important because I think then that adds up to the the glorious, perfected image of what motherhood or fatherhood Completely. Is. This is
1: and part of it, what makes it so difficult
0: now, completely. Stage. And I'm like, I don't see... I, you know what? Fuck it. I want to see the poopy diapers. I want to see the vomit all over your face. I want to see you, like, trying to put on this pampers backwards. I, I really want to don't. See
1: I really don't <laughs> want to see any of those things. I would just like to say for the record, I have absolutely no desire to see your child's poop. None. Whatsoever.
0: <laughs> I took it too far. I took it. But it's just, like, it's this edited slightly non-authentic image of what we're getting back. And I think that maybe leans into the camp of like motherhood, fatherhood is so great and you really should be a parent too because look, it's great. It's great. Yeah, but
1: it's like a heavily filtered life. Like nobody's sharing the realness, you know.
0: It doesn't, I think it doesn't have to be your existence. And know that if if you break out of non-motherhood thinking that this is what motherhood looks like, rude awakening. Rude awakening, because it's not like that, you know? And like I said, I'm an aunt and I'm babysitting my niece and it's two o'clock in the morning and you want to have a conversation with the world through tears because you're hungry and then we're going to go back to bed but we're going to wake up again. And I just, like, this always on this. And, like, call bullshit on me. Like, I clearly don't know what it's like. And my parents have always said, like, you won't know until you become a parent. There's certain things you can say, Lamara, that until you have a child, your whole... Um, direction of thought changes but there's more to it than this this polished image and I just I I again a slight diversion like I know some people or who have had kids fairly fairly young thinking it's an accessory not hey. you know and it's it's dangerous it's dangerous um they have like they so haven't
1: handbags are a lot cheaper now and <laughs> where they did we get like, that accessory <laughs>
0: They haven't been allowed, I think, to just live their life a bit innocently, or to enjoy their childhood, going into adulthood and maturing that way without, without thinking that's how it can all be attained so quickly. That's that's not an answer. That's not a tick box to a lot of thing and that, a lot of things. And I think until maybe you do decide to do that, there's a lot to be said of just embracing non motherhood period in your life but embracing the mentality of non-motherhood until you've worked out in yourself and until you've done all the shit you want to do like there is a lot more of this world i want to see
1: true
0: that a lot more there are things i want to accomplish um before that there is yes the bank balance has to be a little bit tighter before all of that there's things i hopefully will put myself forward before someone else until that time comes. I'm like, Lamar, it's not about living your life for you. It's now about raising someone else, you know, to be the greatest fucking most amazing person. Sure, but let me
1: just step in there. And say, here's one of my pet peeves about when I talk about the smugness of modern parenting is that very notion that it's uh, as a non-mother, you're very selfish. You're very, you're a selfish person. And I call bullshit on that, if I'm honest. Yeah, I am. I am selfish. I like my life. uh, And I don't see anything wrong with that. I live my life exactly the way I want to live it. And I see nothing wrong with that. That is my choice to live my life that way. Is it selfish to not have a child? Well, no. And I'll tell you why. First of all, I see really nothing about the way the world is going that makes me think it's a good idea to bring a kid into it, if I'm mm-hmm. perfectly honest, right? In terms of environmental factors, and mm-hmm. what, we, we've completely fucked the environment. The next generation and the generation after that, um, they'll be living on like one little iceberg and that's about it. And that's melting <laughs> rapidly. So, <laughs> but, you know, we've completely fucked the environment and we just continue to produce life as if our resources are endless. They're mm. not. They're not. So Mm. in terms of who's the selfish one here, I'm actually saving the environment by not having child. You know, that's a bit of a grandiose way of putting it. However, these are (laughs) are things you've kind of got to think about. And it is something that I genuinely do think about. Like, you know, the world is massively overpopulated. I don't need to add a child to it. I don't think it's necessary for me to do that, especially if my clock ain't ticking like that and I don't really feel that natural um, motherhood vibe. Um, It's definitely not really a thing that I need to contribute to the world. And I wish more people would think in terms of that way because, and so who's more selfish? For me, when I think about it, I look at people who want to have kids and who will say, I'm selfish for not having them, but yet, you know, your child didn't ask to be born. Mm -hmm. You wanted the child. Right. So you're actually fulfilling your own wish, which is by definition quite selfish of you to have that child. Right. Mm. Because it's something that you wanted. wanted. So you went out and got it. Right. And you produce that child. And along with that child comes, you know,
0: Wow.
1: Levels. Exactly. Levels. Levels. Having to feed it, having to clothe it, blah, 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 which all impacts the environment. And so, you know, your footprint in the grand scheme of things, you're you're costing the world a lot more than I'm costing the world. Do you know what I'm saying? Like me by myself, just me singular. So that argument to me, I don't think I get to me. It just kind of uh, knocks me off a little bit when people say I'm, now I'm gonna be selfless and have a child. It's not all about me anymore. I'm having mm. a child. My life isn't all about me all the time. Your life I, is
0: yeah, still giving to others. I'm still giving to It go, and it goes back to like again the mentorship point. Like you're like like you're not that. Knowing you personally, you're not that selfish in that you've never not been a resource or a source of support or someone someone can lean on.
1: Well, I like Mm. to think that I'm contributing to society in a meaningful way through what I do with my life, right? Mm -hmm. Just because I don't happen to be channeling that through children does not mean that my contribution is not valid. Children of your own.
0: Children of your own. Children of my
1: own, yeah. doesn't mean that my my contribution isn't valid. And and I think that is... um, kind of a, a thing that is aimed at um, child-free women a lot is um, th- this kind of very dismissive attitude of, like, well, you're not serious and you're not really contributing anything and you don't know until you've had a kid and you don't know real and love this until is you've had a kid.
0: This is interesting because I feel like if anyone was to drag us, it's like, well, you're two women, you don't have fucking children, what the hell are you talking about? Well, uh, whatever. We're okay. still valid but,
1: humans, for Right, fuck's now, sake. and it's something you
0: touched upon in terms of the motherhood vibe. You could be at whatever age to you know, like, this shit just isn't for me. Mm. And I think we don't hear that perspective enough. We don't... That's never given the benefit of, of, of the space to talk and listen. It's always, like... And I think just from my personal experience, like... If you're not getting it from inside your family, like putting time on your womb and your partner and whatever to procreate and follow this very, very rigid line of where you should be in five years, like you get it through the world. You get it through your peer circle who have children. And I'm not throwing shade on all my mates to have kids, but you don't hear the anti-motherhood vibe. You don't hear someone being like, do you know what? I know this isn't for me. And I'm not going like, to, that's exactly what you're talking about. I'm not going to be considered selfish for like knowing I just maybe not might make a good mother or it's not what I want to do in my life. But and people I think...
1: love to argue that point with you though and try and right. make, because as you say, it's not an argument we hear here that often. There was a case a little while ago of a woman who was, she was 29. She went to her doctor saying she wanted to, um, oh God, now I'm having a complete brain meltdown. I can't remember the name of the procedure, but basically um, she Research. wanted to, no, she wanted to be oh, okay. sterile. She wanted to. Um, oh yeah. Um, wound, can women wound, have hysterectomies? That's what I'm trying no. to say. Okay. <laughs> so she wa- yeah. So she wanted to have a hysterectomy and her doctor refused to do it. Because you don't know, maybe down the line, you might want kids. No, fuck you, bruv. Like I've made this decision and I want you to do it. I am, oh, it's an elective surgery for me. I want to do it. Listen, this girl had to go through all the court procedures to have her own wishes granted because everybody else from doctor to friends to whoever else wanted to chime in on her womb felt that they could make that decision better for her, which listen, I could rant about that all day but
0: and i think i mean dare i say was the case american because i just no it was here
1: it was here
0: it was it was in england yeah Well, just knowing how the law is a- about women's reproductive rights yeah
1: i mean that's hmm. a whole other conversation right there that's literally. A, well, but um very
0: relevant here to who has ownership over your body um
1: but i think <sighs> well, that comes down to just what you were saying is that Women often aren't vocal in these conversations because we do get shouted down by people who think like, "Oh, you'll change your mind." Like older women, especially when that really was their only option as women back in the day was that was your life path. You know, like you you grew up, you got married, you had kids. That was your option. And so older women, especially, will say it to me, and I ain't about to get into the beef with them because I get what they're trying to say, and and I love and respect them for it. You know what I mean? But. Um, You know, they'll say, well, you'll change your mind eventually. And when you do and all right, cool. But but no, (laughs) I won't. And I'm very certain about that. But because these conversations aren't openly had, um, it does lead to situations like this poor woman who who knew at 29. I know I do not want to have children. And I would like to just have a hysterectomy, so I don't have to worry about it. And was kind of shouted down and told by, you know, kind of given a very patronising head pat by her doctor, like there, there, dear, you're you, you're not quite sure yet, you're not in your right mind. When, so condescending, you, that's so so completely old condescending, you know. So, um, old so I think it's having these conversations. That's why that article I read this week about women who um, are talking about regretting the decision to become a mother. Um, yeah, that was. And, a good one. Uh, uh, who still love their children? Obviously, they love their children, but there were all these other things I wanted to do with my life and blah, 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 you know what I mean? And like, and the hate that they get for saying that because of, especially now in the social media motherhood environment where everything's perfect all the time and, and we're just loving and loving and, and, and baking muffins over here. You know what I mean? Like we're just changing all the nappies and baking muffins and having us a great time. Um, that's what social media tells you. Um, yeah, it makes it really difficult to be the, the woman on the outside of that saying, yeah, I'm not into it. I'm really not into it.
0: Can, can, i'm sorry i'm giggling because your 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 child
1: <laughs> stringer is just
0: yes mum. yes just
1: in here chilling you look at see
0: i was like stringer's been trying to make a cameo appearance at the skype for the longest he's just
1: agreeing <laughs> with me he's agreeing with everything i say right now he's well trained like, no, listen i don't want no other
0: baby up in this house i'm your only child he knows me. stringer know you two are made for each other that's that might just be a whole other podcast in itself. It's, it's, it's a minefield. It's a minefield. And I just think, again, with the motherhood vibe and again with what we're saying about, like, it's not what defines you. Now, now, if it is more praise to you and it's not throwing shade on, what, like, I'd be a miss if I didn't shout out my mum. Do you know what I mean? Just fucking got on with it. Still doing great things, like, and all the other mothers or fathers who are mothers that i know but there's something about the and i say this word a lot because i think we just need to see nuance in a lot of these things and a lot of these things where we are talking about challenging or the changing structures of societal um the multifacetedness of women you're more than your womb Preach you can offer that
1: shit <laughs> Preach it. I'm
0: again rude, you are more than your womb. You can offer more, you can do more, like you can experience more without that tied to motherhood as yet. And I think for me, particularly, I'm talking directly to all the people of my age group who got the West Indian or the non-West Indian parents who are just like, it's when you're going to have picnic. No! Well, <laughs> like Leave it! You know, there's, uh, that doesn't, that shouldn't define me as yet and you shouldn't really want that for my life because I haven't activated all these other areas of my life yet and I'm still like trying to figure shit out and how I'm going to be a good human to myself and how I'm navigating adulthood and all the other things that I might be able to offer the world without thinking about how I'm going to bring someone into it. So again, I think a lot of these, a lot of these conversations, you know, that we have, I think at the, the heart of them is something about agency, you know, like, and yes, I am a 27 year old who, who wants to have children in the future, who, who's not thinking about it now because I want to do things with my life. And then when my opinion changes, then we can have another conversation. I'm not writing it off fully. And that shouldn't like, erase my thoughts, that shouldn't render me silent because I have the thought, because what I'm really trying to say is to people like me who are getting this pressure, like, it's okay to push back, it's okay not to feel like that vibe is for you, it's okay to plot that into your life for the future if you want that in the future and live for you as you are right now, like, for many, many reasons, it's just, and I'm saying that because I feel like, the ease and as we've been saying, the easiest thing someone could turn around to say is, "But you're not a parent; you don't know." Mm. That don't mean I look,
1: man. I, I'm not parent, but I know my own bank balance. Yeah, like you're still allowed <laughs> to have an opinion on it. I'm still
0: allowed to have an opinion on it yeah. because I just, for me, and my mates, like I just see like that, that pressures coming. And for my mates who want to have kids right now, like props to you because your shit is more in order than me. And like I know, I know the reasons you you want to do that, but that's not me. And that shouldn't render my opinion um not audible and not being listened to Completely. because I understand it as like a real thing. It comes from a genuine place that people are trying to say it's like, but when is
1: gonna does, And I think it also, you know, choosing to opt out of motherhood doesn't mean that you stop evolving as a person. Right. That's you know what a great I mean? Point. Like I think Absolutely. I've got friends who've had children who have evolved in beautiful ways into wonderful women and still are growing and blossoming every day. But so am I in my own way, doing my own thing. And that's okay. Um, I think one of the things and I actually kind of ended up going off on Facebook about this um, on somebody's post. I've seen a few people post this meme and I was like, if I see this thing one more time, I'm going to lose it. And sure enough, I saw it one more time yesterday. And I was like, yep, ding, 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 that's it, I'm going <laughs> off. Um, so it was a meme that says... Okay, so first of all, it's a still, it's a picture from the film Goodfellas, which is A... Isn't that one of your favourite movies ever. A, it's the greatest film of all time. <laughs> B, it's my favourite film of it's all your... time. I know
0: that, yeah. Um,
1: I love that film. So anyway, if you're not familiar with the film... Um, the picture is of Henry Hill laughing in that scene um, where um, Joe Pesci is doing the whole, oh, you think I'm funny, funny like a clown thing. So it's Henry Hill's face laughing in that, uh, in that thing. And the, the um, writing on this meme says, my reaction whenever non-parents say they're tired. F- okay, all of the bullshit, first of all. Mm. So firstly, completely bullshit meme. You ain't about to tell. Listen, parents, you don't have the monopoly on tired. Get over yourselves. I'm sorry. This comes down to the smugness thing that I'm talking about with modern parenting. You do not have the monopoly on tired. Work is hard. You don't get to tell me I'm not tired. My life's actually pretty fucking exhausting. You don't know shit about me and what I'm doing. But trust me when I tell you. Trust me, daddy. I am tired and I have a right to be tired. And it doesn't matter that I don't have a child who's wearing me out. My life is tiring. Don't be so patronising, please. Like maybe your life before you had a a kid was all fucking swings and roundabouts and you just, you know, were living the life and I, I don't know. But that's not my life. I'm a grown person with responsibilities. My rent is high. Trust me when I say I'm out here working and I'm tired. So don't patronize me into thinking that just because I don't have a child, I'm out here living a life and every day's a holiday and this. No, get over yourself. I can't. So that attitude, that's the attitude I'm talking about of like, you just don't know if you don't have kids. Listen the fact that I don't have kids doesn't mean I don't have a life doesn't mean I don't have responsibilities doesn't mean I don't have responsibilities to other people. Mm. Like, and, and doesn't mean that I don't take those responsibilities seriously. You know what I mean? Like, don't ever be that parent, please, who does such yeah. juicy things. And also please don't ever use good in that way. Um, <laughs> don't, disrespect think, goodfellas. don't disrespect good I think that's probably the more offensive aspect of that, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you know, that whole kind of, oh, you don't know what love is until you've had a child. Don't be an asshole. What if I can't have children? Well,
0: and, you know, right? you raise... And there's a great... Like, oh, yeah. Don't so be an know, asshole.
1: That's a real douchey thing to say to someone.
0: There, that's, that's a point I wanted to raise. Like, what if it's just not physically possible for right. you? And I think without being that person that just goes and airs your business, like, I... I was listening like one of my favorite podcasts is another round, um, and they had uh, please please not Pad Malakxi. thank you. They had Pad who's a TV chef now I know, um, and one of, like one of their better interviews in the, in a, in the, in the longest time, and she has endometri- mitris, mitris
1: endometriosis thank. I love how you're here for this. <laughs> it's a good thing we listen to all the same shit. Translator.
0: <laughs> she has whatever the condition bank says that I can't say. Um, and she was just talking about, like, growing up as a woman uh, of Indian descent and just, like, the ownership on her ovaries and realising, like, this illness that she has may literally trying to take childbirth away from her, literally preventing her from having a child, and all the science of it she's an advocate for the for a charity um and making it like a a world issue of what happens to my body and how yes I'm gonna get graphic, how my uterus lining strips, and i all these things happen to me, which is practically like fucking painful um all of this is done to prevent like me having a stable environment for a child. And then she talks about like the joy she, you know, she recommended if you can, women, you have, (laughs) y'all got moolah like that, freeze your eggs because you A, may be indecisive or B, you may not get to a time in your life and you can have children and then you have that option. But she talks about like her illness as taking away her, what she saw as her right to have a child. What if you can't actually have children? And everyone is out here, like, and I think, you know, that's more than the vibe of not feeling it. Like, you physically, no, you physically
1: can't yeah.
0: do this. You know? And I'm wary, like, I am, again, like, I'm not, I don't want to just give an able-bodied uh, perspective on this because it works in, in, in opposites in that you, what if you cannot fucking have a child? Mm. And everyone around here is not knowing your business, right? Not all up in your life like that. And you see memes and you hear comments and people want to yeah. throw you under the bus for your self-decisions. Like, when you're like, hello, cannot have this yeah. for whatever reason.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, where, like, think, 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 think. Who are you talking to? Like, you yeah. don't know everyone's story. And that's another reason. Like, if you, like, it again goes back into, like, non-motherhood for whatever personal choice or or, uh, or medical choice. Like, it doesn't stop you evolving as a person and giving care to others but let's just be cognizant of that fact it's not it's not a right for everyone yeah it's not a right everyone around the world
1: exactly exactly
0: um yeah i'm glad i'm glad you raised that point
1: so i think for you know the main reason i wanted to kind of bring this up up up. was just uh, you know respect people's choices basically and as women we all have agency we can all Make these choices for ourselves, and we don't need those choices to be um, overridden, and we don't need those choices to be questioned and doubted and um, shat on. Basically, no one person's choice is better than another. Here, you know what I mean. I'm not. i I've got friends who have kids, and I think it's great for that. It was absolutely the right thing for them Best to do. To ever Best, do. you know what I mean. Best thing for those people to do. It's just, just
0: not for me,
1: you know? Um, and and there's many other women like me for for whom, you know, for us it's just eh, not, not really feeling it, not something that I see in my own life. And that's okay. One of the other articles I was reading about this was um, kind of a woman talking to child-free women about how to broach the subject. And is it okay to ask about your decision, why you didn't want to have children and those kind of things. And and women gave different perspectives. So some we, women, um, precisely for this reason we were just talking about, they physically can't do it. So it's actually really mm-hmm. fucking painful to have that conversation every time. They don't want to be questioned about why they don't have children and have they ever thought about it and this, that and the other. It's probably all they've ever thought about and all they've mm-hmm. ever wanted. And you're just rubbing salt in those wounds every time you question it. For me, I don't mind people questioning my, my decision or, or having conversations with me about it i do mind you trying to talk me out of it though because mm. uh, i'm of sound mind and body over here and i can make my own decisions and unless you plan on raising that child you ain't got no right i was right just in thinking and le-
0: are you are you co-parenting with me fam? do you know what i'm
1: saying you have you, no right to are tell you co-parenting
0: me. <laughs> oh then shut the fuck up <laughs>
1: <Okay>. <laughs> exactly how about how about you keep those opinions to yourself over there buddy just be as, as Lamar said just be cognizant of of who you're talking to and um and hey if your opinion is even really wanted on that subject you know what i mean i don't really need your advice about my womb i've got i've got this over here i'm in control I've, of it i know what i'm doing i'm dealing
0: with it and it's yeah.
1: mine so um so i think for women who are debating motherhood um and if it's for them it's okay to do that also i think mm-hmm. i just kind of want to reassure women that that's okay it's that's not. fine it's not actually written in the stars for all of us you know there was absolutely a time where that was our only path as women but we've evolved now as a species we are able to do other things and if you want to explore those other things and give your talents uh, you know I may not be a natural mother but as I was explaining last week in last week's episode um, I had the father of one one of my um, mentees come up to me and really praise me for the impact that I've had on his daughter's life. I'm not her mother, but I've impacted her life in some way. I do feel a parenty type of vibe towards the people who I mentor. And so I am motherly to an extent in that way. Um I care care very much about the impact that I have on the world and on people around me. That's important to me. So I'm not a selfish arsehole who just doesn't want to have kids. I care very, very much about the impact that I have on the world. I care very much about the legacy that I leave behind. But it just so happens that for me, that's not going to involve children. But I hope that I leave a good mark on the world regardless. There, sorry, that went on for a bit, but... And that
0: UN speech was inspiring. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you. Just taking a bow over here. Thank you. I've sent Stringer Bell to sleep. He's just straight up contact. out. like
0: Stringer's like, like you're talking about humans. You know I'm your child, bruv. You know I'm your child. He
1: was like, that's cool and all, but can you feed me?
0: (laughs) (laughs) No one, no one has a right to your ovaries except you. That's that's how I want to end it. Like, no one has a right to your ovaries except you. There's more things you can offer. If that choice is for you, then do that choice. But for all of those people in my camp who are just resisting and pushing back against all these old school notions that I should have a ring on my finger and be married by now. Like, just know, you know, you have a lot more to offer to the world and live for yourself a little bit more before you want to dive in to do that. You know?
1: Yes. Right. Right. Okay, so um, let's round this bad boy off. Have you got any words of wisdom for this week?
0: I was going to give it to you first.
1: Oh, okay. Is that because you don't have any? Okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, I have some this week and I wrote oh, them down. Oh, oh, you do now? And I wrote them down. Listen to this bad boy quote, though. Um, it's nothing to do with what we were just talking about, just so you know, but it's just random. But I liked it and I wrote it down. Passion is the bridge that takes you from pain to change. Ooh, tell them again, though. Right. Passion is the bridge that takes you from pain to change. That was said by Frida Kahlo, the artist, apparently. I just really liked that quote because um, I think passion is just very important in every element of life. I think you should get a fiery passion for something and it does totally uh, guide you to change. There you
0: go. Awesome. Well, my, I do have a quote this week. Tell them. It's of another very fierce and powerful uh, woman her name is uh, Beyonce Knowles. Uh-huh. I, or Carter, I'm, fam- I'm familiar I with her work. You're yes, familiar with Beyonce's work. Uh-huh. Um, and my quote is, tell that boy bye.
1: <laughs> sure enough. Sure enough, Beyonce. Tell that
0: boy, bye. Raise your hand. Point the index finger in the air. She actually uh, wants you to use your middle finger. But tell that boy bye. Tell that girl bye. Let's, you know, equal here. Mm-hmm. But yeah, sometimes... That's that's all you have to do. Like, sure and is. I think following a, the conversation, <laughs> tell your elders
1: bye. Like, in it,
0: please, babe. please, um, get out of <coughs> that womb already. That is, those are my words of wisdom.
1: Well, I love them, and I will be telling many a boy bye this week. Yeah. Probably a lie. I won't. I don't know that many boys to say bye to. But um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I like it. I think it's a very yeah. valid point. Thanks, Bay.
0: Exactly. It needs it need no more underlying um, dissection of trying to get to the core of the thought. Just y'all know what to do.
1: Um,
0: yeah. Woo.
1: All right. So and follow us one. on um, the social media and all of that. So you can get us at No BS Guide to Life on Twitter. Website is nobsguidetolife.com. Email us nobsguidetolife at gmail.com. Um, you can get me personally on Twitter, Instagram, and all the other various social media thingamajingies at bangsandabun, and my website bangsandabun.com. Where can they find oh. you, Lamara? <laughs> just getting mad profesh up in here, isn't it? You know what I mean? And
0: you can find me on one, one platform of social media.
1: Damn, she's just reducing it week by week
0: you're lucky as one lemo underscore p um but email us people yes. like tell
1: us what you want we, us to talk about
0: yeah tell us what you want us to talk about give us some suggestions yeah you know where literally it's just us chatting and i do not mind but like i know you're out there i see you tweeting us i see Ooh, you like engaging us. with us so even if it's just like not even a big topic, but just something you're like, well, what do you two think about this? Yeah. Ah, right, shit, we probably do have some thoughts about it. We'll shoot um, the breeze on it, for sure. You, you're done, though. Um, so, yeah, just holla, it and um, over and out. Have a great week.
1: We will it's catch you next week. It's looking like it's
0: going to piss it down in New York right now, but we'll catch you next week, and I'll give you a great weather update. All right, hold tight. Please. Bye, guys.
1: Bye.